Welcome back to the Emergency Goalies. Uh, this will be a little bit of a shorter episode today. Uh, my co-host, Michael Ernst, is on his Thanksgiving break and unavailable to record, so you, the listeners, get basically just me, Sean Holland. I hope you enjoy it, and let's get to the week that was for the Blackhawks. Started out not great, but ended on a good note. Uh, the first game was Thursday night at home in Chicago against the Lightning. And the Lightning had an edge in play pretty much early on. Mikhail Sergachev, a defenseman, scored late in the first period to give the Lightning a one-goal lead. Uh, the Blackhawks did not give up another goal for the entire second period. It was a good performance by Corey Crawford. The Lightning had the, I wouldn't say definite edge in play, but a little bit of an edge in play. Finally, in the third period, though, the Blackhawks actually tied the score. Uh, Brent Seabrook, sometimes maligned on this podcast, banked a shot in off the goaltender's head that somehow made it in the net. I mean, this was like an impossible angle. Off the back of the lightning goalie's head and into the net. So, that temporarily tied the game, but the lightning were not having it. Less, a little over a minute later, Anthony Sorelli scored to give the Lightning a 2-1 lead, and Braden Point made that 3-1 a couple minutes later, and despite a late goal from Dylan Strom to make it mildly interesting, the Lightning were able to bank an empty netter at the end of the game and won 4-2. So it wasn't quite as lopsided as the Carolina game, but also not exactly a great effort by the Blackhawks. Um, that, so we move on from that game to a couple days later on Saturday, the first of a huge back-to-back with the Dallas Stars. It began in Dallas, and this was a game, honestly, the Blackhawks played one of their best games of the year. It was just a terrific effort, but they hit a brick wall named Anton Kudobin. Yeah, the Stars goalie had it going that night. Uh, the scoring began in the first period. Rupe Hintz, who has 10 goals, the Stars' leading scorer, was able to tip in a shot from the, from the point to make it 1-0 Stars. But then the Blackhawks answered three minutes later. And, of course, the guy you most want on a 2-on-1, on Ali Mata, with a great pass by um, Alex Dabrinkit, was able to score the tying goal. And, yeah, I think that'll be probably... I think it's pretty fair to say the only two-on-one that you will see Ali Mata in this year, I would think. Anyway, <clears throat> both Robin Leonard and Anton Kudobin, the goalies, just absolutely dazzled the rest of this game. The Blackhawks had at least four golden chances in the third period to take the lead and were denied by Kudobin every time, including one that looked like maybe the puck had gone in it was a scramble in front. Andrew Shaw had uh, the best chance. Maybe Camp had another chance. But it was a real crash at the net. The Blackhawks thought the puck had gone in. After extensive review, the goalies, the referee ruled the goalie had kept it out. Kudomina kept it out. And thus, we went to overtime. And this was a crazy overtime. Uh, Patrick Kane had a breakaway. Uh, the Stars had a full two-minute power play. But neither team was able to get that goal through. So that moved to the shootout. And a fact that became clear that 
Well, honestly, I don't think I knew, but it blew up on Twitter that night, and the basic long short of it is Robin Leonard hates shootouts. He says he's not good at shootouts. He thinks that they're not actually part of hockey. He went on Twitter after this game to say that basically the shootout is a different sport and that he's there to play goalie as a in the sport of hockey and not shootouts. So as that rant would have you believe, these stars would win the shootout. Uh, they scored both times on Robin Leonard and Kudobin stopped both Blackhawks shots. So a great gameplay by the Blackhawks, but you have to say a bit of a disappointing ending. But they did get a point on the road against a very good Stars team, which had won their seventh straight game. So then, of course, as we talked about, a back-to-back, a couple nights later on Tuesday, was the other end of the back-to-back in Chicago against the Stars. And this was a game the Blackhawks honestly played as well as they played the Saturday game, but the luck was more on their side in this one. Uh, Brandon Saad got the scoring kicked off for the Blackhawks, was wide open in the slot, and got the puck and was able to fire it by Kudobin, which, of course, after his great effort, like to pour any goal you can get by Kudobin is a good goal. Uh, things stayed pretty much even for the next period. The Blackhawks had the edge in play, though, I will say. They had a, a lot of great chances, and Kudobin again just slammed the door on chance after chance. But finally, in the third period, the Blackhawks got a power play and they got that one cushion goal that they needed. Patrick Kane got the puck uh, to the right side of the net and Kudobin was down and it looked like he had an empty net, but he wouldn't shoot it. He waited, he waited, he waited. It felt like an eternity as he had the puck on his stick with Kudobin flopping around in the crease, but he finally found his window and shot it and it got through Kudobin for the Blackhawks' second goal of the game. Uh, Then Connor Murphy put the uh, finishing touches on the game with a shot from the entire other end of the ice into the empty net, a 180-foot goal, and it crashed into the, made into the net, and Corey Crawford, who again had a strong game, he was not as tested as much as Leonard was in the game before, for sure, but he, there were some good chances for the Stars, and he got his first shutout of the year, the Blackhawks' first shutout of the year, actually, in a 3-0 Blackhawks victory. So, uh, three points out of a possible six. Not great, but those games against the Stars were a real measuring stick. We, me and Michael talked about this before our at the end of our last podcast. Uh, we wanted to see what they could do against the team, the quality of the Stars. And the Stars have been, they're 15-9 and nine now, and this was a team that started 1-7, and seven, remember. They have only lost two games in regulation since the start of the year. They're on an absolute tear. And for the Blackhawks to take three out of four points against that team is is very impressive, I must say. So I think I think we can feel good about that. Uh, so there are a couple things in these games. As I already mentioned, Robin Leonard does not like shootouts. And you know, it's a serious question that we do have to consider. I mean... I was talking on Twitter to a, a friend of the show, uh, Melissa BK. On Twitter, you can follow her, Melissa BK. And we were talking about, you know, 
should the Blackhawks think about making Corey Crawford their full-time shootout goalie? Now, you know, it's one of those things that's it's totally, totally legal. You can switch goalies for a shootout. It does not happen very often. And traditionally, you don't want to show up your goalie, who's played presumably a great game, you'd think, to get your team to a shootout. And it is kind of an insult to pull the goalie for the shootout. But Robin Leonard's been very clear. In Twitter, he made it like explicitly clear after this game that he does not like the shootout. He hates the shootout. It's not. He doesn't consider it hockey. And if someone is that big a problem with it, and Crawford is by all accounts a great shootout goalie. He's very good on breakaways. And if you're going to lose these points now... Some people say there shouldn't be shootouts, and that's a whole other debate that is for a different podcast, and people can have it, but we're in a world where there are shootouts, so it is a fair question to ask, should Robin Leonard not play in shootouts? And we'll see what happens when the next um, shootout opportunity comes. The game against the Lightning, there was also a controversial decision that was made, uh, the Blackhawks went with seven defensemen, only 11 forwards, so that meant the fourth line only had two players on it. And the idea behind it was uh, Jeremy Carlton wanted to give Kane some more ice time. So Carlton has played Patrick Kane a lot. He's his best offensive player, so he gets the most minutes of any forward on the team. And occasionally in games, he will double shift him on the fourth line. That's something we've seen before, but this was a basically before the game he determined to double shift Kane the entire game. And that is not something we've seen before. Uh, Kane ended the game with 28 minutes of ice time, which if you aren't uh, night, like 2010 era Duncan Keith, you probably should not be playing around 30 minutes a game. That is what elite defensemen play. Almost no forwards play that much ice time. Maybe Alex Ovechkin, but he's, you know, even Ovechkin doesn't play that much, and he's an absolute horse of a guy. Say what you will about Kane, he's a sniper, but he's a very slight guy, you know, very small guy, and I just don't know if playing him that much ice time is a good idea. I think it's something you can tire him out. You you know, Kane is not 26 anymore. He's 31. Or soon to be 31. And you know, there's a lot of miles on him. And I just don't know if playing him that much ice time at this stage of his career is a good idea. No, you can see what Colleton wanted to do. You know, a lightning high-scoring team. So you want to add your offensive punch, but... It just didn't seem like a good strategy to me. That's, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but I, I didn't like that very much. We're going to move ahead to a little preview of the upcoming week. There are three games this week for the Blackhawks. And wouldn't you know it, another back-to-back against a division rival. This time it's the Colorado Avalanche. They uh, begin on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, uh, 3 p.m. Central Time for that game. So a very early start time, a Black Friday matinee, if you would. 
and that is in Chicago against the Avalanche. And then, of course, quick turnaround to the Rocky Mountains, and Saturday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, they take on the same Colorado Avalanche. Now, this is an Avalanche team that's been very good. They started out the year incredibly good. Now, they have cooled off a bit. So, they're not, they're not dominating like they once dominated, but this is still a very good team. I would definitely recommend not sleeping on this team. I mean, the Stars were tough, but these guys are more all-around tougher team, I would say. Now, they really cooled off. They are now actually behind the Stars in the standings and only three points ahead of the Blackhawks. This is an interesting moment for the Blackhawks. Playing another team that they would really need to catch if they want to win the wild card, sneak into the wild card. So, these are going to be tough games. The Avalanche are another fast team like the Stars. So, the Blackhawks are going to have to give their best effort in these games. You know, if you're taking even a half of the effort that you need, even a, even three quarters of the effort, they will expose you. So this is it's a big moment for the Blackhawks again. They they more than held their own against the Stars. You were very, it's very good to see them play so well against such a tough, tough Stars team. But this is another you know one of those challenges and hopefully they can step it up. Now, just when you thought the fun was over, there is one more game this week and it's against the Stanley Cup champions, the St. Louis Blues. Uh, this is the first game of the year against the Blues. It is at United Center, a 7.30 start time, usual start time. And the Blues, of course, well, they're the Blues and they're still good. They are in first place in the Central, a full nine points out of the Blackhawks, so probably not going to catch the Blues, but... It is a nice measuring stick game again. This, this, the Blackhawks are in a very tough stretch of games right now. And, you know, what you're hoping for is them to keep their head above water. Keep picking up some points. But, you know, and these, this is a very hard week. So if you can split, if you can get a three-point week again, that would be great to see. You'd love to get a four- or five-point week, but... Again, these are very tough teams. So, you know, I'm, you're, I would advise against you counting on a ton from these games. All you want is for the Blackhawks to give a good effort. Keep in the game, you know. You've got two goalies that are playing incredibly well. So that gives you a chance in every game. But they are going to have to take advantage of some offensive chances. They've been getting chances, but not really converting a lot of them. So what you'd like to see some more finish. The fact that they're staying in these games even without finishing is a very good sign, but you'd, you'd like to see a little bit more finish. You know, that that's what you're hoping for. I think I've kept this pretty, pretty short, but I mean, it is a holiday weekend, so I will try to keep it short. This is a fun little Thanksgiving lesson, and this will probably come out after Thanksgiving, so I will hope everyone had a very good Thanksgiving and hope they're surviving Black Friday if they're you're out shopping and 
You can follow me on Twitter at STH85. My co-host Michael is MJ underscore Ernst. He wasn't here this week, but he will return. And until our next episode, happy Thanksgiving and go Hawks!